2: This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. And hey, welcome back, everybody, as we uh, roll into the third half of our three-hour tour and the second half of Armchair Politics. Uh, joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes our roundtable regulars on the left, Lynch Premier political pundit Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome back.
3: Always good to be here.
2: And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Welcome back to you as well, Henry. Thank you. Joining us this week, East Village Magazine Consulting uh, Editor Jan Worth Nelson. Jan, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. And as we were uh, closing up the first half of Armchair Politics, we were talking a little bit about this uh, ballot proposal that looks headed for... um, I think it's the the November ballot. I don't think they can.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. I'm pretty sure it's November.
2: Yeah, it's going to be in November. Uh, but one of the questions that I wanted to raise about this, um, Paul, is if this passes or or if the petitions go through, and it does uh, make it to the schedule for the november ballot can the legislature grab it in
3: uh yeah that's that's a possibility can they grab it and
2: and make changes so that that it passes doesn't get on the ballot and passes with um things that that the uh uh GOP majority in the legislature would prefer, like not having the the drop boxes or yeah. state-funded yeah. postage.
3: Yeah, no, that's that's a possibility because the, the the referendum process in Michigan allows the legislature to step in and and and, and enact a, a referendum before the voters take their take their cast their ballots. And the question is, how much can they change? That happened a while back with the, a minimum wage law. Uh, that was was scheduled to go on the ballot. <clears throat> the legislature picked it up, modified it a lot, and basically blocked it from going on the ballot. So I, I don't know. The only question I have is, and I don't have an answer, is how much can they change it and still call it the same proposal? That I don't yeah.
4: know.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but that's, that's a possibility. Yeah, I'm not sure what the rules are about that. Yeah. Because at some point it becomes a mm-hmm. whole new idea, and and, right, and yeah. like a very very opposite proposal sometimes, mm. uh, and that's that's uh, one kind of odd quirk about our referendum process here in Michigan.
5: Hmm.
2: Well, oh, the,
3: Lordy.
2: let's see. The uh, Republican-led state house and senate asked the Michigan Court of Appeals on Wednesday to overturn an injunction against the state's 1931 law banning most abortions. The court ordered injunction currently is the only measure keeping abortion legal in Michigan following the US Supreme Court's overturning of the uh, landmark Roe v Wade case. Who will have the final say on the availability of legal abortions in Michigan, the legislature or the courts? And the courts have
4: already turned it over to Michigan, the state. Well, so the state has you know, to... No, the, it. the state
2: Supreme Court. Court. I'm talking about state courts.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. okay, state
4: Supreme Court. Okay.
3: Well, I think the real issue is, is what, what happens with the voters. I mean, if the voters pass that that petition, that uh, the, <clears throat> the referendum, it'll be on the ballot, that could resolve the issue. I yes. Know, it's a big if. they got a lot of signatures, but that doesn't guarantee it's going to pass in November. But it's it's only a a positive sign. Um.
4: But it could help us stabilize our whole position over the abortion issue. Whatever the people decide, then that's what the law is, and we'll need to learn to live with that until the next episode, when someone down in the future decides to change us. So we have to live with this. This is ridiculous, having two... uh, Action items on the table all the time. We can't live that way. So we, hopefully, the referendum will help us out.
3: Yeah, and like i said, we'll see. We'll see what that does for turnout as well. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be the the biggest single issue, I would guess, on the ballot on, on the referendum ballot in November. And my guess right now is it's going to increase turnout. How much? We'll see. Huh. But it's certainly a hot button issue right now. Do you, feel, well, do you, you,
5: three? Because you three have your, um, you're on the pulse. You have your hand on the pulse of things uh, on a larger scale than I do, I think. But do you three get the sense that there is a lot of energy on both sides for the August and November elections? Do you feel like the people are getting engaged about it, or what's your sense? Mm.
2: Mm. Great question. It's hard to say what's going to happen yeah. in November and the the sheer number of candidates appearing in the primary and this is just in in my humble opinion and i'm almost always wrong Um, with the sheer number of people that are running i think we'll see a lot of traffic because each one Uh has uh a certain number of followers
4: yeah and i'd like to add to that uh... tom as long as president trump is uh in the mix. There would be enthusiasm. There would be interest. There would be effort.
2: There on would both be, sides, you
5: think,
4: Henry? Yeah, you, on you, both sides?
2: sides. You don't and, think that uh, uh, Mike Pence will rile up a lot of enthusiasm?
4: Uh, <laughs> well, I think uh, I think that Trump Trump is the, the main issue because a lot of people think that he's driving the Republican Party. He's hey, driving, well, driving, Democrats this. Too. He's driving right. this and that. Yeah. But, uh, uh-huh. guys, there's yeah. a... Uh, there's a protocol out there. There's a system out there. And that needs to be uh, corrected through this voting effort, and I think it will be uh-huh. if we have uh, at I the end of I appreciate your yeah.
5: views on that, Henry. I really do. I appreciate yeah. your views on that.
3: Uh. Yeah. I did I mean, having primary. said that, though, I, I still think for the August primary, and because of the timing of it, I don't think we're still going to see a giant turnout. I, I'm guessing maybe if we yeah. hit twenty percent, we'll be lucky, and that's yeah. kind of been in the ballpark for years, for decades. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, uh, so well, it, it may it may bounce up a few points from from past years, but um, I, I'm not quite sure how, how 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 much of a bounce it's going to be in August. For November, I, I, I'm looking. I think it will be more of a more more intense. But I think August yeah. here in Michigan is going to be yeah very that
2: could be Well, I think I yeah. think the abortion issue is going to attract a lot of for and against yes. in November. Yeah, and there yes. are going to be abortion right. issues on on ballots in you know probably in Michigan if the yeah. legislature doesn't uh, you know knock it off the the path. Um, but in right. other states as well, and so I. I, I think there will be a little bit of activity that's that's issue related and not, uh, you know. I, th- I think there are going to be some um, gun control. Right. I was going to ask about that too. Yeah. That I will, think I think the Supreme
5: up. Court actions, all all three or four of the big ones, um, have really generated uh, alarm in some quarters and you know cheer in other quarters. Uh, it seems like you know. I was in uh, a column that I wrote. It was in East Village Magazine this month. I was talking about how there used to be a time when we didn't have to all think about politics all the time or government all the time. That's true. <laughs> and it seems like now we are thinking about it constantly, and and you know, being confronted with crises constantly. And uh, I wonder <clears throat> how that will affect how that affects our voting. I think going back to our very earlier conversation about people's sense of powerlessness, it's like, this is the only thing we have left is our vote. Uh, so <clears throat> how do people feel about that? Do you make it easier to vote? Do you make it harder to vote? Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really curious about how all this is affecting the general populace because I often feel like I'm outside the mainstream in my, <laughs> you know, my, my obsessions and, and everything.
4: Well, here's but, you know, there, there's the what we call the silent majority who don't care about yeah. one way or the other. They say if it goes to the side of A, tips, we will live that way. If it goes to B, we will live that way. A lot of people are not engaged in that. So what right. we're looking at, we're measuring the temperament of the uh, extremist.
2: Well, you and, know, I, I usually try and squeeze in some, some Flint or Genesee County stories, and when I was putting together my notes for today, I couldn't, I couldn't find any from the world of politics. And all of a sudden it occurred to huh. me it's entirely possible that it has something to do with the mayor's race coming up very quickly in August. That, that there's not a lot of governing going on. But right. the other was that it's entirely possible that a lot of the elected huh. officials are in court. <laughs> <That's,
3: yeah. laughs> oh, more than a few of them yeah, that's true, yeah, that's yeah, true. So they just, local federal and state yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but mostly
2: mostly the local mostly the flint area stuff because usually <laughs> yeah, <there's>, i can <laughs> find a couple of things to bring up whether yeah. you know whether it's a brew high at the council meeting or you know, county commissioners, right. uh, you know, investigating various countywide officials and so on. There's usually something, but not this week. Huh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I have to, I have to. You know,
5: I, I wanted to throw in a phrase that I think David French was the first one to use it, and then somebody else used it Sunday, the idea of the exhausted majority. Um, I just wanted to throw that in while we're on this topic, that I think that there is a majority... That is available for political action, but we're exhausted.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to squeeze this in before we, uh, before we come up on another break, and this one's a little off the beaten path. U.S. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg is now a Michigan resident after he and his family have relocated from South Bend, Indiana. A spokesperson for the secretary confirmed oh. news of the move was first announced by Politico on July 7th. Buttigieg's husband, Jason Buttigieg, was raised in Traverse City, and family for the couple still remains in the area. It was because of family, the spokesperson said, that the Judges decided to return back to Michigan. Moving to Chasen's hometown of Traverse City allowed them to be closer to his parents, which became especially important to them after they adopted their twins, often relying on Chasen's parents for help with child care. Uh, according huh. to the person who was sharing this information. Does um, Michigan's auto industry benefit from having the transportation secretary <laughs> living here in the state? That probably can't hurt. Yes, <laughs> I, I, it, yes it, it does. It does. Uh,
4: because I, I remember when I was uh, had to testify on um, something for General Motors Corporation, and the uh, Department of Transportation head was Bob Doe's wife, Elizabeth Doe. Oh, yeah. she
1: was the okay. secretary
4: of the Department of Transportation. And uh, we feel very comfortable about that. Uh, and the legislation came out the way it favorable to the automobile industry. They had required at that time to raise the. Uh, the average fleet mileage from 19 to 26 miles per gallon. So, uh, yeah. of course, I still the think position of the court. I,
2: I still think Elizabeth Dole would have made a tremendous presidential <laughs> candidate. She was a great lady.
3: There, was, there was wow. a lot of talk about that, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. they just didn't think a, a, mm-hmm. a woman could successfully run for office or she might have been drafted.
5: Right. Yeah. Um, going back to Buttiges for a second, I wonder if they moved up here partly too because of the Supreme Court uh, decisions that they made. Indiana is already Indiana might be a tougher place for gay couples to be in mm, the next true. coming years. Could be. oh yeah. yeah
3: yeah That's could yeah be. another
4: see that's
2: where you have the brilliance. <laughs> we men don't so think that deeply. She, she she may <laughs> whine about it a little bit, but she does read the news <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes that's right and and it I is, know that I, I know that feeling, but we've got to take a break here. We'll be back with more armchair politics on the Tom Sumner program, and uh if you're listening to us at um W-F-O-V-L-P, Our Voices Radio, 92.1 FM in Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Hearing. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. More armchair politics on the Tom Sumner program is coming up straight ahead.
1: Hello, darling. This is Elvira Mistress of the Dark with Tom Sumner.
6: Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
2: Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We uh, continue with armchair politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable <laughs> regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Jan Worth Nelson. And uh, this segment, we're also joined by... Uh, Bobby Clayton Walton, who'll be joining us next week for the round table. But uh she just called in with some information about something we were talking about a few minutes ago. Bobby, welcome. Hi, thanks. Um hi, Bobby I
1: consider, Hi guys. Um I said I consider myself I'm good, Jan. Um I consider myself the uninvited co conspirator. Um <laughs> I I was listening to your discussion about the uh, constitutional amendments that were proposed through the uh, Citizen Initiative, and I did some research to confirm, I believe, what I think is true. The legislature cannot do anything with a proposed amendment. What they can do something with is proposed
3: legislation. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right,
2: I appreciate yeah, you looking right. that up, um, I, Bobby. That had crossed my mind that it was maybe a little different when it was an amendment, but I really wasn't sure how that how that played out. I was I was hoping Paul knew, but uh, we we kind of stumped him a little bit this week. <laughs> well, you know, I had to look it up because I thought I knew that
1: that was true, but I wanted to be sure. Yeah, yeah, but it is true. It is an amendment, and I think that's why they went that direction, even though the number of petition signatures was greater, that an amendment is a much safer thing. Yeah. 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 Well, it's good listening to you guys. If I if I have anything further to add, as the uninvited co-conspirator, I'll call back. Well, thanks, Bobby. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> Thank you,
2: That was Bobby Clayton Walton, who I refer to as uh, political operative. She... Uh, uh, Will be joining us uh, in the third chair for the roundtable next week. Everybody okay. still here? Yep, yeah, here. Yep, okay. I yep. had, had to take attendance after we got
5: present. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, after we got. Um, well, it was almost like being photo photobombed, I guess. Um, <laughs> but. Um,
5: Hey, she can. She should be able to photo bomb us anytime. That's right, and, Bobby, and yeah. she
2: does from time to time, and it's always helpful. Like in that particular case, you know, we raised the question, but nobody had the answer.
3: That's know? right. Yeah, the distinction between I mean, the amendments and the ordinary legislation. That's where it happened with the uh, minimum wage. That was an ordinary law. That's right.
2: Okay, here's one of my favorite things. He was on the show about a month ago. But Michigan Republican gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly entered not guilty pleas Thursday to four misdemeanor charges arising from his participation in the January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol. Judge Christopher Cooper of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia said a September 22 status conference as the next hearing in the case. Kelly appeared by video with his attorney Gary Springstead of Fremont, Michigan, who announced the not guilty pleas on uh, Kelly's behalf. Kelly is charged with entering or remaining in a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority disorderly and disruptive conduct, knowing, engaging in an act of physical violence against a person or property and willfully injuring property according to a criminal complaint. Generally, all of those uh, misdemeanors carry penalties of up to one year in prison and fines of up to $100,000 on each charge. Will Kelly's lead you know, after he got arrested, he went to the top of the polls in the GOP primary. I, I saw Governor. that. <laughs> will Kelly's lead, attributed to news coverage of his arrest and subsequent charges, hold through the primary next month? And will he be the candidate to challenge Governor Whitmer in November?
3: I don't know. I, 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 I heard, I heard one. I with, heard one poll recently that put him in the in in the lead, even within the last week or so. So I. I don't. I. I wouldn't think so. But who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But well, guys, you got to
4: look at the Republicans as human beings. If they move. There are certain things that will trigger the vote where they are. And if you were uh, come up with a felony of some kind, that would change the mood. That even happens among Democrats
3: as well. So, uh, no. I don't whether... Well, I don't know. Um, look, look at who we've elected what, the city council here. in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's, oh,
5: what... Well, you what, can make a mistake. Could you expand on that them. point a little bit more? What, what do you... Could you expand on that a little bit more? Who, eh? Yeah, yeah, Henry. What, yeah.
4: You, what are you getting... Well, uh, people... No, like you, Dan, for example. If they're a Democrat, I, I do believe they do something illegal. And it was proven with evidence, yeah, and without a doubt, yeah. that you would change your yeah. vote to that person. I believe, oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah, I of believe course. that there are yeah. also Republicans that would do the same thing. So, so I don't you, think so for Kelly they're... to maintain that lead, uh, mm-hmm. we, Well, we'll see how we'll see how. It goes.
3: Although the, the, the funny thing yeah. is, when you've got five candidates out there, and, and, and plus a write-in on top of that. I mean, somebody theoretically could get 21% of the votes, and that could be the winning margin. I mean, in, in and, Kelly's, of and
2: Kelly's polling at 17% already.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> and and here's, here's something kind of interesting about that polling is um, Dixon is down at around 5%, and she's got some pretty significant endorsements. Yeah, yeah. And she's a pretty attractive candidate, except... I think I think people are going to turn away from her because she has an unusual name. <laughs> Tudor. And, and I hadn't yeah, thought that, about that that name Tudor, especially I like it, as, I, I like it too, Henry. I, I agree, but but I have a feeling that a lot of Republicans will not turn to her from hmm. uh, from Kelly.
3: You know, when I, I, was watching, I, I was watching the Republican debates this past week on one of, you know, the, four of the candidates. And frankly, I thought she was the most, the strongest candidate in that debate. Yeah,
2: I see. I, I think she's, yes, I, I think, think, I think she brings a lot to uh, the race for the GOP. Yeah. Uh, now,
4: and and besides, said, what's in the name? Renee Kelly, I is a great Irish,
3: a Irish Barack, name. Yeah, Barack Hussein Barack, 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 Barack Barack, Barack Obama. Was able to overcome that. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess but, that's but the Kelly, yeah. Kelly
4: is the name that Americans have fell, fallen in love with for it.
3: That's true.
4: The, the Irish, you know. Well, no, yeah, no. especially in that politics That a lot about But also, <laughs> look at the name, Tudor. Uh, always been associated with grace and dignity and accomplishments and stuff like that, particularly in England and France and other places. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, uh, Ralph Reban, the Farmington Hills pastor, was kept out of that debate because of um, his low polling, and that, to me, that's troubling. Mm-hmm. Because right. I think, and and I'll just I'll just pose it as a question: Is it a mistake to prevent candidates from participating in events that will increase their exposure to voters?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly why you want to be in those debates, is to increase your exposure. Right. That's
2: why you want to have the right. debates, yeah. so people get to right. know exactly. who the candidates yeah. are. Yeah, yes. yeah but, but that, that
4: was a platform that was established by people. Somebody that, who has the authority to make those. Like, yeah, and it
3: was the like ABC What well, we think don't Grand matter, Rapids because yeah.
4: we're not sanctioned. We're not sanctioned to decide that. But that was done by somebody else.
2: But but look at the number of people who have made cuts to the ballot before voters ever weigh in. We uh-huh. we've that seen the Detroit yeah. Chamber you of Commerce cut the field in half. For well,
3: their, uh, Mark Mark, Mark could probably speak to that point. I would think. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs>
2: yeah, being number eighteen in a field of seventeen Republicans right, in the right. two thousand sixteen presidential election um but you know that's troubling to me that five people were pulled out before you know for that debate up on mackinac island and and the bureau of elections knocking five people out over this uh you know petition um brouhaha well i i mean and yeah th- i mean th- they were right to do it but how many yeah. people get to weigh in and cut the field before people even get to know who they are, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: You you have a
4: point there, but they would have to have two debates in order to do that, or, or two uh, discussions. Well, Instead maybe to do, all, yeah, maybe so to do all ten, of them. ten.
2: But now to that it's five now that it's down to five, yeah, they should be able to do it. Um, yeah, let's see. Doo, doo, doo.
5: Did you guys notice that John Engler endorsed?
3: Dixon?
2: Yes, I, I saw that, yes. The DeVos family endorsed DeVos her. DeVos
3: family and...
2: Uh, yeah, she has a lot of DeVos. Uh, and and uh, I noticed she
3: was she was being attacked police. by the others as being, quote, the establishment Republican because of those endorsements. Yes, uh, but you know,
4: uh, the Police Association of Michigan also uh, oh. endorsed
5: her. So do you, do you think that he is taking a chance by touting his endorsement of Donald Trump considering... What's going on? Do you think not?
2: do you think who? Do you
5: think Rinky is taking a, a chance by touting his endorsement by Donald Trump? Or- he
2: hasn't
4: yeah, been endorsed. I, I think you know, he I, has a he that's what he wants to do. He wants well, to do
3: he for a primary. Him. You know, you've you, you got to remember that the voters who they're talking to in the primary are the Republican-based voters. If you what go they're going to gonna do in November will be an entirely different ballgame.
2: If you go to Tudor right. Dixon's uh, website, there's a big picture of her with Donald Trump on the front page. Uh, yes, mm. yes. Yeah. They're, they're all <laughs> trying to be associated with Donald <laughs> well, Trump, yeah, and the, he has primary, endorsed uh, no and one. And she has not denied
4: that, guys. She has not denied that. Oh, no, none That's of them I have. They, yeah,
2: they, no, they no. Uh, you know, I had... Um, I had Kelly on the show. I think it was Kelly, and yeah. and asked um, if he would be, uh, you know, supporting Donald Trump if uh, Donald Trump ran in twenty twenty four. And he said, "Oh, absolutely." Yes. And he, hmm. um, you know, well, he I, was I think even when they, even
3: when there were ten candidates, the with with one very minor exception, I think they all were 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 strong Trump supporters. There was one who waffled a little bit. and I've forgotten who it was. But I think the other nine were all strong Trump supporters. Again, that's that's the Republican primary. But as I say, whether that's going to sell very well in November remains to be seen. Well,
4: the, uh, so the, the national committee.
3: Well, the national committee.
5: The oh. <laughs> go ahead.
2: Yeah, go ahead, Jan. I, I
5: just, I just, I just wanted to say, are these people not watching the hearings, or do they just think the hearings are partisan DS? You know. Uh, but, but, you yeah. know,
4: uh, the National community and the Ronald Romney uh, is Jan, careful I, I not think to put – go
2: I, ahead. I, I think that I, – I just wanted to respond to um, Jan's comment about, you know, the, the Trump supporters, the ones that hang in there. It, yeah. The people running for office are different. Yeah. They're They're ignoring that because they think there are people who will vote for them or not vote for them depending on what Donald Trump says. That's all they're playing to. Yes. Yeah. But I think there are people who support Donald Trump because they believe that the the hearings are politically motivated. Yes. Much much the way the impeachments were. And they were. Yeah. It doesn't, and doesn't why, matter whether he was guilty or yeah. not. It was only Democrats saying so.
4: And, and, and that, that draws caution on the part of uh, Ronald Romney, uh, Ronna uh, McDaniel, uh, right. to be cautious about how she distances herself from Trump because they're, uh, she is cautious on what, how she deals with him and what she says about him and how she... Uh, stays away from controversial issues that involve Trump because he's a candidate. He has the right to be on the platform just like anybody else. And the Republican yeah. uh, National Committee must uh, see that that does happen in that way.
5: It's ironic to me that we believe that the people should decide who represents us. And if the people vote for an authoritarian, we say they have that right. Isn't that
3: interesting? That's the danger. Yeah, well, that's I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, and well, and like that's say,
2: and that's right at well, the heart of why anybody. the founding fathers created the electoral college.
3: Yeah, yeah. that was and, and that
2: was one of the primary reasons. True. Right there but, but, is that the people but, might vote somebody in that's dangerous in some way. So right. there needed to be yes. this this other formality.
4: Yes. And at that time, we, were, we had lots of foreigners in this country. They, you had to be in the country 15 years before you could even run for president. You had to be 35 years old. You had to reside sure.
2: in uh, And at that particular in time states. in history, Henry, um, there weren't that many people who'd been here that long. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were all they, foreigners.
4: The yeah, yeah. The boats, yeah. the boats yeah, were exactly. always dumping off hundreds of them.
3: You know, and in the very early history of the Electoral College, the initial intent, briefly, was that they were meant to be independent electors, and they used use their own judgment in deciding who they liked. The idea that they would reflect some kind of a public vote evolved a bit later, by the eighteen twenties, eighteen thirties, and beyond. But really, well, it's on, like they, senators they to be senators, like a separa- senators
2: were appointed by the states.
3: That's right. That's right. It,
5: it, and ironically, that seems to be the direction we might be going in again. <laughs> we might be going right back to that. Where the <laughs> elect- you know, if all, those, I, all these weird
3: uh, true, but adjustments to, are put into effect. to, to the whole system, yeah. I,
5: it seems like, you know, if the, if the state election boards can change the vote result uh, in some of these states. Uh, where we are, we're back in, you know, at the beginning where only certain people are allowed to decide who governs us.
3: Yeah, no, I'm finding yeah, my views on the cultural college are changing over time. I, I used to be a bit it, of a mild supporter of it, but I'm not so sure anymore.
4: Now, remember, in this country, there are no privileged people. We don't have privilege. Guys, you've got to remember that, but you, and you're skirting around it. And Abraham Lincoln best portrayed that. He was a poor man, and he rose to great heights. Uh, but so the privilege that I said that you have the right to do that, Everybody has that right to rise to that level to do that. So <laughs> that's what I meant.
2: Well, let me see if I can get this in uh, before before we go to break. Maybe I can get a couple in. But Representative Liz Cheney, the vice chairwoman of the House Select Committee investigating in January 6, 2021 insurrection, said at the panel's hearing yesterday that former President Donald Trump attempted to contact a witness who has not yet been mm. publicly identified. After our last hearing, President Trump tried to call a witness in our investigation, a witness you have not seen, not yet seen in these hearings, the Wyoming Republican said at the conclusion of the hearing, which focused on ties between Trump and extremist groups that stormed the U.S. Capitol. That person declined to answer or respond to President Trump's call and instead alerted their lawyer to the call. The lawyer alerted us, and this committee has supplied that information to the Department of Justice. As notable as Cheney's revelation is, she also raised the possibility that the incident could prompt interest from Justice Department prosecutors. The comments were the first time the committee has explicitly described providing information to the DOG that they discovered during their probe. Attempting to call a witness does not necessarily rise to witness tampering on its own and it's unclear what, if anything, the Justice Department would do in response to Cheney's comments. However, it's not the first public suggestion of witness tampering the committee has made. Previously, the committee noted two incidents where their star witness, former Trump White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson, received messages about being loyal to Trump. How should these contacts be treated? Hmm. Well, obviously, there there are practices uh, throughout the years.
4: Judicial practices that establish some guidelines. There, I can't think of what they are, but right now, but there are guidelines out there.
3: I don't know. And, and again, heard... it, for the Justice Department, if it, if it's it's hard to say where they draw the line for a criminal activity, but they certainly certainly you're pressuring a witness, and that does, does raise some legal issues. I think.
5: I heard some some commentators say he said that just to kind of. There was an audience of one, and it was Donald Trump himself, saying, keep your nose the hell out of this. Uh, It was like a little little warning delivered to him. Uh, Like, don't you dare, you know, get in this. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
5: Well...
2: Well, the Biden the Biden administration has taken a key step forward on a controversial proposed oil drilling project in Alaska's north slope, angering climate advocates who say the project would release tons of emissions and doom the president's climate goals. The US Department of Interior mm-hmm released a draft environmental impact statement for the ConocoPhillips oil drilling project known as Willow on Friday night. The statement does not represent a final decision and includes several potential scenarios for the project, including no drilling. But it was a critical step the Biden administration needed to complete for the process to move forward, setting off alarm bells among environmental groups. If approved and built, the project would produce 629 million barrels of oil over the course of a 30-year lifespan and would release between 278 million and 284 million metric tons of planet warming carbon dioxide, according to the draft environmental impact statement. Is there an upside that compels White House support for this project?
3: Hmm. I, I think it's just a response to the gas prices and political yeah. response to that is, mine, is my take on it. Yeah.
4: You know. uh, but, but what difference does it make, guys, if you let the existing... Uh, wells, which are in other parts of the world, uh, create these VOCs, these volatile organic compounds into the air and all that stuff, sulfur, nitrogen, or whether you transfer them from that site to a site here in our country.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh,
4: You're only going to get so much volume out of the ground. It's
3: all the same same That's true, Henry. Yeah,
4: Yeah. Yeah, that that argument uh, is kind of
5: feeble. Yeah, I I see your point. Huh. I don't know. I keep thinking of the sequoias. It's like to yeah, we a, yeah. yeah. On Terms with this. Yes, we want to protect thing? those. It's, it's yeah. just it's just like we're not doing anything. Uh, it feels like, but I I do see well, your point, Henry.
4: Well, I thought we were supposed to be independent of fossil fuels by twenty thirty five. And that looks like we're going yeah. backwards the other way. We're, yeah. we're, put, yeah. we're yeah. destroying our nuclear plants, and which would substitute as a, a source of energy for us to, to make electricity. We're not drilling in this country. I, I mean, we want to go back and drill in this country, which uh, does drives us away from those goals. And the other countries in the world are doing nothing different than what we're doing. So how do we achieve this? 1935
3: independence of uh, volatile organic compounds.
4: I mean,
3: yeah like I said I think fuels. it's just a response to the I mean the, 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 the gas prices are a current hot button issue but it's it's not going to they aren't going to be there forever I don't think one way or the other but I think politically it's a response to that
4: But the demand for fossil fuels is always rising. How do we curb our
5: appetite? How do we how do we change our appetite?
2: Well, the appetite is changing, walk. and but it's it's in transition, and the question is, um, are we changing fast enough?
3: Yeah. Well, what strikes me Not too is I've seen some stories about how beyond the government, how many corporations and and, and energy providers on their own because of economic reasons are shifting yeah. away from things like coal. <laughs> it simply makes well, they're, better, they're better running sense
2: in, for them. Uh, one of wow. the things they always say about the benefits of the free market system is consumer demand d- drives some of uh-huh. those decisions. Anyway, we've got Thanks. to take a short break. Hey! We'll be back.
1: <laughs> this is The Unknown Comic.
2: And guess what? You're listening to The Tom Sumner Show right now.
3: And now. And now too. And even now.
6: and then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message.
0: These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. It'd be nice to hear from him.
6: For more tips on avoiding scams, visit Michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into that final segment of today's edition of Armchair Politics, which features, uh, well, it's always been one of my favorite segments those weird and wacky stories we call the X Files. And it starts out today with um, <laughs> a Florida man. Was <laughs> was arrested Saturday for allegedly throwing a hot dog at a police officer who warned him he was violating a city ordinance, according to a local report. Jason Stoll, 47, is charged with felony battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting <laughs> an officer without violence. Around uh, midnight Saturday, a St. Petersburg police officer told Stoll he could no longer sell hot dogs in the roadway after his street Uh, closure permit ended, according to uh, court documents obtained by WFLA. An officer asked Stoll to close up shop, but he continued to try selling a hot dog, according to court documents. Stoll became frustrated and threw a hot dog at the officer who was in full uniform at the time of the incident, according to the uh, TV station. Stoll, who lives in Newport Ritchie, Uh, was booked into the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. Online court records show he is out after posting $2,500 bail. The court records note he has many tattoos, including the phrases, hustle, eat, sleep, repeat, And (laughs) and what doesn't kill me makes me stronger, among many others. <laughs> he, he faces a minimum of three years in jail if convicted. If it's three years for hitting a cop with a hot dog, what's the penalty for a pie in the face? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, right. Uh, it's a bullet. Assault <laughs> 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 with a lethal hot dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder if it was
5: You think it was a Kogel?
3: I know this was.
2: This was in Florida. It's hard to say. No, they
4: wouldn't throw a kogel away, it's too good.
2: (laughs) Hey, there you go, Henry.
4: That's
3: right,
2: that's right. A a worker in Chile submitted his resignation and could not be found after his job accidentally paid him about 330 times his salary because of a payroll Mm -hmm. error, according to reports. The worker, a dispatch assistant at a cold meats manufacturer, received a paycheck of a hundred and eighty thousand dollars for for the month of may i'll take that down
3: yeah he's making some good hot dogs there he he was
2: only supposed to be paid about five hundred and forty five dollars The worker initially alerted his manager of the massive overpayment, according to local media. The manager would then report the issue to Human Resources, who asked the worker to go to his bank and return the extra money. He agreed to go to the bank the next day, but kept the money and ignored communications from his employer (laughs) over the next few days. The man then offered his resignation through a letter sent to the company by his attorney. The worker has not been heard from since. The,
4: wow!
1: The
2: employer has filed a complaint against the worker alleging he was misappropriating funds but no arrests have been made so far. Um, uh, if you were accidentally uh, paid a huge sum of money, would you return it or disappear? I'd return it. I don't want to be chased by government. Yeah.
3: I think the guy's taking an early retirement going to
2: the I admit when I read this story, I you know, I when the guy disappeared I, I kinda have to admit I was rooting for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <I> know.
5: <laughs> we've all got that we've all got that little bad guy inside. That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I,
3: hmm. I would have
2: to I would have to think about that one real carefully. I know what I'd ultimately do and that's
3: <laughs> You'd turn it
2: in. I would.
3: You have to, yeah. but still, that there is a temptation, yeah.
2: I would, but there might yeah. be a little bit missing.
3: <laughs> yeah, but anybody right.
2: around this
3: uh, table here would
4: return that money. I will guarantee you. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yes, They have too
2: much to lose. You have uh, to have yeah. something to lose. Right, yeah. Well, a rural Georgia monument that some conservative Christians criticized as satanic and others dubbed America's Stonehenge was demolished Wednesday after a pre-dawn bombing turned one of its four granite panels into rubble. The Georgia Guidestones Monument near uh, Alberton was damaged by an explosive device, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said, and later knocked down for safety reasons, leaving a pile of rubble in a picture that investigators published. Surveillance footage showed a sharp explosion blowing one panel to rubble just after 4 a.m., Investigators also released video of a silver sedan leaving the monument after prior vandalism video cameras connected to the county's emergency dispatch center were stationed at the site, said uh, Elbert Granite Association Executive Vice President Chris Kubis. The enigmatic roadside attraction was built in 1980 from local granite, commissioned by an unknown person or group under the pseudonym R.C. Christian. That's given the Guidestones a sort of shroud of mystery around them because the identity and intent of the individuals who commissioned them is unknown, said Katie McCarthy, who researches conspiracy theories for the Anti-Defamation League. And so that has helped over the years to fuel a lot of speculation and conspiracy theories about the Guidestones' true intent. But that's a piece of scientific device. It, it measures
4: the, the day in which the spring occurs and equinox and the summer solstice and all of that. That, that was Stonehenge. And
2: is, is this, I believe that this was intended to do the same here in this country. Is this the it's new exciting. normal? If you don't like a statue, blow it up?
3: Yeah, that's, that's, that's the danger. But though. it's got to be
2: man of the Civil War. That's
5: yeah. <laughs> oh really. boy, this, yeah.
4: And I don't
2: yeah. agree with that either.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Wait till Trump gets a statue somewhere.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: we'll we'll see where that ends up.
5: Um Well, you remember what happened to his star on the ho- on Hollywood Boulevard? That's right.
2: I, mean, that's that's I right. missed that. Yeah.
5: Oh, it was continually vandalized. People would like put human poop on it and uh somebody they they finally built a little wall on it was sort of like a joke like build the wall oh. around the <laughs> <you> star the <and laughs> yeah i mean no, I, I saw I, the I don't pictures even of that. it i don't even know if it's still there but i know it was huh.
4: yeah. um, but that's against the law to deface anything that's on city property is not that on city property no,
5: it's oh, a sidewalk the, what, i think it is a sidewalk yeah uh
2: yeah. i don't know city property. I don't
5: know the hollywood chamber of commerce i think runs that that whole scene i might be wrong on that but
2: yeah i think there are probably oh. some special um accommodations made uh in terms of regulations and ownership and you know who has jurisdiction wow. over that and so on
5: yeah wow well i don't know that's you know you started the show on the theme of anger and how that's how people are protesting, and why, and everything. Here we are now talking about if there's a statue we don't like, we destroy it,
3: blow uh, it up. I think yeah. we need some
5: help. I think <laughs> yeah, we, need some agree, help we do. Constructive, uh, constructive. It reminds behavior. you
3: too much of the Taliban stuff on you know, when they were blowing up statues there, you know, in, yeah. in Central well, Asia.
4: Tom, uh, I think um, our panelists have superseded your uh, this segment of your. Um, uh, cast uh, with respect to the dead voters. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I mean, she, that took the case today. And I, <laughs> and uh, of course, this, what you, the events that you told us about were good too. But well, I, I used to get away from the image of the dead voters being all Democrats.
2: I used to, <laughs> I used to joke that, you know, I was saving the I voted stickers and I was going to take them out to Glenwood and put them on headstones. Yeah, I've
1: and, thought and about it. And I meant, you
2: know, I just, I meant that, you know, I just, a I meant that oh, as a joke. Funny. But I have a feeling it would have gone wrong.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: In this day and age, that's, we just—I
5: don't know. That's pretty hilarious.
2: You'd have to take some pictures and post <laughs> them. Yeah, I thought it,
3: it make for some great pictures to, to 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 do that kind of thing. <laughs> well, hey Thank we gotta,
2: you, Jan. I'm gonna probably be
4: laughing to myself
3: for all week. <laughs> all right, well, we
2: gotta wrap it up. But I, I'm Jan
1: trying to,
5: I'm th- trying to do my part.
2: Jan, thank you so much <laughs> for being a part of the, the conversation today.
5: Uh, my pleasure as always. Thank you guys. Thank and, you,
2: Jim. and to our roundtable well, regulars, you, uh, Paul Rosicki. Paul, thank you. It's always, always a good treat. to be
3: here. And Henry, good evening.
2: Henry, Hatter, thank you. Thank you, Matt Smokin, George, thank George thank Winters. Great, great show. The I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I hope you will be too. In the meantime, good night, everybody.
0: The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show.